Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello and welcome back to this special week-long series of mini-episodes where I am busting the top five divorce myths to give you some independence from these divorce myths as you move forward in your divorce. So on Monday, July 3rd, we busted the myth that divorce is always war that it's always a bitter, contentious legal battle. And yesterday on Independence Day, happy July 4th, I hope you all had a wonderful day yesterday, but we busted the myth that moms are always the best parents and that it's in the best interest of children that moms always be awarded custody. So today on day three of busting these divorce myths, I'm gonna move into the really touchy topic of alimony spousal support, maintenance, whatever you want to call it, there's still a pervasive thought in the world of the average person heading into divorce that alimony is awarded to women only. And oh my goodness, there's so many myths around alimony. I'm going to try and bust all of them here. But the very first one is often that alimony is always received by women and always paid by men. And that's just not true. It hasn't been true for a number of years. In fact, the laws say something very different. And we're going to move into talking about that a little bit more. So let's bust myth number three that alimony is always awarded to women. So it, you know, there, I think this again, just like yesterday when we were talking about the fact that custody is not always awarded to women, but there is a myth and a belief that is pervasive that it is. This also comes from the decades, if not centuries of societal norms of women staying home, not working, being stay-at-home parents, and men being the breadwinners who leave the home and provide for the family. Alimony very much grew out of that paradigm, grew out of that man makes money, breadwinner, woman stays home, takes care of family. Therefore, when divorce happens, husband has to still provide for wife and children, but I'm not talking about child support here. Child support is a very different issue than spousal support or alimony that we are talking about here today. So let's let's talk about some of the misconceptions around alimony, because although it grew out of what was probably the norm for a very, very long time, alimony certainly was only received by women and paid by men because we didn't have women in the workplace. Round about World War II, when women entered the workforce en masse, we started to see changes in the laws. And in fact, today, as I sit here recording this podcast episode, I believe every single state in the nation 
has laws on it, the, their books that are not gender specific when it comes to alimony, meaning that it basically says alimony or spousal support can be awarded by the court to be paid by one spouse to the other. And there's no gender language in there at all. And that has been true going back to the very first uh, day I started practicing law over 32 years ago in Connecticut, this statute was always, or at least by the time I became a lawyer, which is a really long time ago now, right? It has always been non-gender specific. It was always able to be awarded to men by women. And it's in fact, because what the laws in each state say, or at least all laws that exist that allow for the awarding of spousal support or alimony. I think I at least know that Texas does not have spousal support or alimony, so they don't have this law. There may be other states. I don't know the law of every state in this country, so definitely check with a legal resource in your state. But the vast majority of states, certainly the two I practiced in, Connecticut and California, have laws about how alimony is going to be determined And much like when it comes to custody, there are a list of factors, a variety of factors that the judge is supposed to consider in making a determination. And the determination is this, folks. It's should there be alimony? That's the first question. And if there should, then how much alimony and for how long? And each state may handle those things differently. But first of all, there's generally not a presumption that alimony is absolutely going to be paid anymore. You have to first look at those factors to determine whether or not it's even warranted in that particular case. Now, let's look at some of the factors. The factors that a judge might be looking at that might be included that are pretty common in most state statutes are the length of the marriage, the income and earning potential of each spouse, and the standard of living established during the marriage. In fact, that particular one right now is much in the news. If you've been watching the Kevin Costner and Christine Costner divorce that's going on, she just asked, I think it was, for $248,000 per month in support because she said that is the extraordinary lifestyle to which she and the children are accustomed. We'll see how that goes. I'll probably do an episode on that in the future because then there's some very interesting factors, not because I like to sensationalize cases in the news, but there's some very interesting factors in that one. And I mentioned that particular case because $248,000 a month may sound like a lot to people and it very well may be in their case. I don't know their financials, but The idea is, the goal is that alimony there is to provide financial support to the spouse who may have lower income or limited earning potential after the divorce. And it's usually because of things and decisions that were made during the marriage. Things like one of us is going to stay home and take care of children and be a non-earning, non-working parent. It's intended to be really rehabilitative in nature and intended to help that spouse get back on their feet and get to a point where they can become 
self-supporting. So here's another factor is that many people think that if you get alimony, it goes forever. Bust that myth. Most alimony is is duration limited, meaning time limited. And that duration is usually tied to some reasonable amount of time for the recipient spouse to get back on their financial earning feet. There is no longer this belief that if one party has supported their spouse, that that person is going to stay home and not earn for the rest of their life or even perhaps for the rest of their children's minority. So it becomes really important to understand for people that the determination of alimony, it is not a factor what your gender is, that whether you're a woman, whether you're a man. In fact, think of same-sex marriage, right? You have two women, two men. It doesn't matter what the gender of either party is. It's focused on the financial circumstances and needs of the spouses. So when determining the amount of alimony, all states are going to look at how long the marriage has gone on. That is always going to play a significant role. Generally, the longer the marriage, that increases the likelihood of alimony being awarded, right? Because you would have made more decisions together within the marriage that may have harmed the earnings of or the earning potential of one of the parties. Additionally, I will tell you in every state I know of, and this was in in any case I've ever worked on, one of the very first things you look at is, is there a disparity in incomes between these two parties? If, If there's no disparity of income or only a small one, you run into that question that I talked about a minute ago of should there even be spousal support at all? Is it warranted in this case? And I can tell you that in cases where you have two people who are earning generally the same amount or there's not a vast difference, you may have that question answered with no. There shouldn't be spousal support. If it's yes, that definitely will trigger the how much should it be and for how long. And again, generally that might tend to limit how much and for how long that would go on. So the bigger the difference between the income of the parties or the earning potential of the parties, the higher you would likely see spousal support awarded and for the longer period of time. Now, one thing to note, some states like California have certain preset determinations around alimony. One is if it's being awarded and you've been married for less than 10 years, the term of the alimony you're going to receive is one half the duration of your marriage. So if you were married for six years, you would receive three years of spousal support and then it would be over. And that is a done determination unless the two of you agreed to do something else. You have a right to agree to do something else. But the law in California sets that. If you've been married for less than 10 years, 10 years or more, it's open to interpretation. Basically an order would go into place And there would be a further determination down the road as to when it should stop, whether it should reduce, et cetera. In other states like Connecticut, where I practiced, the length amount, the amount and and length of or duration of the alimony is something to be determined by the court. Rarely would you ever see what we call lifetime alimony. When I first started practicing, you did see that much more often, again, because you often had 
long-term marriages, people who had been stay-at-home parents for a very long period of time. And so they were never going to be able to go out and get themselves back on their feet financially after having been a stay-at-home parent for 30 years. Now, I want to touch on that other factor that I mentioned, which was standard of living in the marriage, um, because that one comes up fairly often as a big deal for people, the Kevin Costners and Christine Costners of the world. And I will say in many states, that's not a factor or it's not a very big factor. Other states, it, it can be a bigger factor, but it is not. Many people get really stuck on this one and they think that, well, I have to receive support that's going to keep me in the style to which I have become accustomed. And that is not necessarily true because it is balanced against the financial reality of the situation. And you need to be perhaps a Kevin Costner who can afford, because they have a vast amount of wealth or income, to be able to maybe keep someone in that standard of living. But us average normal people, when you take a certain amount of income, whether it's earned by one or both of the parties in the marriage that sustained a household. I will tell you something I know after 32 years of practice is most people spend most of what they earn. So whatever they're earning, whether it's one of them or both of them, that's how much that generally goes out or more. And that's what their lifestyle costs. And so when you separate now in divorce and live in two households, it is a financial reality that you are not going to be able to maintain the standard of living. The money doesn't exist. So if someone wants to maintain that standard of living, there is likely not enough alimony income available by the payor to keep you in that standard of living. So in order to meet that standard of living, you may have some need to go out and bring in income on your own. That is a generally a common factor. So standard of living can be an important consideration, but it is certainly not the dispositive one unless you are in extraordinary circumstances. So to conclude on this myth, the fact that alimony is only awarded to women, totally inaccurate. In fact, we much more often these days see women, thank you world, that women are starting to earn more, although in general, we still, I think, learn earn 87 cents on the dollar for the same work as our male counterparts. But as that hopefully continues to get better, we're going to see more and more cases where alimony or spousal support can be awarded or will be awarded from the female partner to the male partner. It's just going to become more and more common. It's going to always continue to be determined based upon these factors such as length of marriage, each spouse's income and earning potential, perhaps the standard of living, and, and many other factors. In fact, Connecticut had, I think, 12 or 13 factors. California has even more, but it is not based upon your gender. There is no presumption of this. So one of the reasons, remember, why I wanted to debunk these myths 
Because when you believe these myths and you go into your divorce presuming that these things are true, that they're foregone conclusions in your divorce, you are actually going to ramp up and make your divorce more difficult. So this week in in the July 4th week, I want to help you get your independence and freedom from divorce myths so that you can have a better divorce. A couple of episodes to go look at. There's a wonderful crossover two-part episode that I did with the amazing Kate Anthony of the Divorce Survival Guide where she and I started the conversation about alimony and why it's not all that on her show, The Divorce Survival Guide, and then part two was on divorce and beyond. So I'll link to both of those so that you have them. And I have an episode that goes into what the standard of living of the marriage really means and what you can expect based upon the standard of living and the effect it's going to have on your divorce. Again, I'll link to that. So always check the archive if you're looking for more information and tune in tomorrow where we're gonna be busting myth number four where I'm going to dive into some myths around divorce and how it affects your children. So don't miss it. Tune in tomorrow for the fourth bonus mini-sode in this special series. I'll see you then. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.